Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Josh All alone with you here on this one, but only for a few minutes because after I'm done doing my quick spiel here, we're going to dive into the preview episode for the game coming up this Sunday between the Seahawks, Browns. Justin's going to jump into the conversation. We are actually going to be on the Hawks Nest YouTube channel with Brandon Kane talking about the matchup between these two teams, these two four and two team action minutes. Because after I'm done doing my quick spiel here, we're going to dive into the preview episode for the game coming up this Sunday between the Seahawks, Browns. Justin's going to jump into the conversation. We are actually going to be on the Hawks Nest YouTube channel with Brandon Kane talking about the matchup between these two teams, these two four and two teams, actually. So both of these teams, it's going to be a great matchup, though. I we're, we're, We'll dive into the P.J. Walker situation with Deshaun Watson already being ruled out for the game. But, you know, we've seen the Browns defense overcome some uh, not so great odds especially against the 49ers, and then with the way the Colts were just you know, running all over us and moving the ball last week, we were still able to come out victorious. So can the Browns do it again for third straight week in Seattle? Very hostile environment, tough place to play. We got to go across the country, but I, you know, we'll see. We'll talk about it. Just want to remind you guys, make sure you check us out on all the socials, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like the video and please subscribe to the channel. We are so close to 8,000. By the time you're watching this, we might already be past it. Subscribe anyway, because then we're on the road to nine. So let's get moving. And uh, if you're listening on audio, if you want to download the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google's not a thing anymore, but you know Amazon or uh, iHeart, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. There's no reason not to know what's going on between the Browns and the Seahawks this Sunday. So with all of that being said, the last thing I want to mention, make sure you guys check out the Dog Pack on our Patreon page, jointhedogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member. Get in now so that way you can join the Discord and interact with us during the game on Sunday as the Browns battle the Seahawks. There's a ton of fun in the Discord. Plus, we do an extra episode every week called the Dogs After Hours. That's always a great time, too. So with all that done, all that housekeeping out of the way, let's dive into this conversation and the matchup preview between the Seahawks and the Browns with Brandon Kane over on the Hawks Nest. Hello and welcome here to the Hawks Nest as we're having a very special show today. We don't often get to go behind enemy lines except when we play those uh, dirty 49ers. You guys have already gone yeah. through that. I know you've been there. But took today, I took them down. You did some, you did the Lord's good work. My <laughs> no son. problem. Thank you. Uh, but we are very, very, very pleased here on the Hawks Nest to be welcoming in from the Dogs podcast and you can find it in the link in the description section right through there so do me a favor my hawk fans out here show these guys love first off before i introduce them you know how we do here which is we go to their channel we sub up help them up with that stuff so please show them the love on that side of it and i want to thank these guys because i know as i can attest to they are running 100 miles an hour you can see them right now they haven't slept in probably about three weeks (laughs) they're just cutting up tape looking at film uh that's my guy josh and justin from the dog podcast thank you gentlemen we're coming on into the hawk's nest today and uh chopping it up with me happy to be here man really appreciate the invite and just excited to to do this to collab with like you said behind enemy lines and see what uh see what you have to say about the seattle seahawks that we're not seeing and give it back to you with the browns as hard as it ever is for me to do this with a niner fan that i do i have a lot of respect for him and we always end up learning more than we knew coming in which is the and i'm sure you get the same vibe from you guys on football fans always trying to get to a little bit more of the depths because that's how the sport's so wonderful is you can you can enjoy it on the surface level or you can go 4d layers in and kind of go deep into deep into the weeds as it were um i want to get deep in the weeds with you guys though right from the start here and uh the place i think we want to i'd love to begin with you guys in kind of understanding your team and where you're at is just give me a general mindset you've had stefanski in there for a couple of years he had his best season in the opening run there with 11 wins got you to the playoffs it's been a little bit of a scuttling approach to it through there injuries like has dealt with us a bit you guys are dealing with but where are you where are you guys at on this with him oh you want to take that justin go for it yeah (laughs) i mean um just as a fan uh Man, this season uh, has been very chaotic. It's um, we're four and two, and as a Browns fan, you would think, man, four and two, God bless America. We are, we are doing great, <laughs> man. We're on our way. Things are going well, but um, it hasn't been smooth, man. Um, 
as far as Kevin Stefanski, the fan bla- the fan base is very split. Um, there's guys that like Kevin Stefanski to support him. There's criticism, um, obviously, but man, um, half our fan base hates him. Um, I literally we won the 49ers game and we have fans calling for his job, uh, firing during the bye week coming off the Baltimore game. So, um, I think Why? most Browns fans, uh, just out of, they say play calling is terrible. Yeah. Um, if you look at it as the whole picture, just of what we've went through so far, obviously we're down, you know, QB one right now down a running back one and now running back two. Um, we lost our right tackle. Um, just the offense is kind of just has it's struggling to find an identity. And I think it's just you get one guy back and then you lose a guy. We lost Nick Chubb, who, as Browns fans, he is the heartbeat of this team. He is everything, the epitome of what you want um, as a franchise player. Um, So just I think just most Browns fans have just lived through the worst as far as just we've seen it all. There's not been a lot of good. It's been mostly just misery on our end. and so there's not a lot of patience. And I mean, you see that you, we rotate quarterbacks in and out. We, I mean, it's nothing for us to go through two or three quarterbacks over my lifetime a year. So I think that just, there's no patience. Um, I think just Browns fans, we're foreign too. We just kind of have to deep a deep breath and just relax, but um, it's hard to tell fans that just well, my perspective. And you're speaking, it just sounds like, I mean, there are things that are out. I can understand the play calling. That's always a hot button issue for fans. But a lot of that seems outside of the control of Stefanski, uh, especially when it comes to the injury front. I'm with you on Chubb, by the way. I think he's a top two, three running back in this league when he's uh, healthy and he's the full meal deal. Um, How about you, Josh? Where do you see it at right now in your standing? I mean, we always point back to Kevin Stefanski's full time here. So in his first season, I mean, he won head coach of the year. It was his first year ever as a head coach. Went to the playoffs with Baker Mayfield. Had Baker Mayfield in top 10 QBR in the NFL that season in 2020. Turns around in 21. He Baker busts up his shoulder in what was that, week two or three, Justin, right? And then yeah. the rest of the season continues to claim that the shoulder's healthy. And then, you know, he's he's medically cleared. He's good to go. And then anytime he would go out there and suck, he then after the game says, oh, my shoulder hurts. So that was a very frustrating season. Last year, we get we get Deshaun Watson on 11-game suspension. We're rolling with Jacoby Brissett. Kevin has J- Jacoby Brissett in the top 10 of QBR during his time as the starter. And now we roll into this season with a full offseason of Deshaun Watson to prepare. And, you know, week three, he goes out and busts up his shoulder. So it's, it's just the guy can't catch a break on offense, man. I'm telling you. He can, and he's an offensive-minded coach who is, by nature, is going to have a quarterback kind of driving the show at that point, or his need for the quarterback to drive the show at that point. And it's something you see does happen to coaches sometimes where they'll have a stop, and they never quite get that guy that gets them in position to really let their offense fully soar and fly. It's always sort of overcoming or to the backups, or we've got injuries, and injuries occur. But like you say, it's specifically the quarterback position. After all, you guys give up for Watson. It's not like you had a lot of room for error in the draft picks and whatnot, giving up on the front end of that, so that this had to work. This had to go good for you. Um, is he still leaning into the two tight end sets that he led with when he walked in the door? It seemed like I was watching some tape on you guys, and there's definitely a good amount of that still being featured in the offense right now. Um, from Honestly, I don't really dive into so much of the schematic stuff. It doesn't seem like they're doing as much this year. And like Justin said to start, this season has been so chaotic because we we completely lost our identity. I think we had an identity crisis before the season started, to be honest. Looking back yeah. now, like we were talking all off season, we're going to open up the offense, do the spread offense, go five wide, more mm-hmm. downfield passing and all this stuff. When the bread and butter and success of this team has been ground and pound, our offensive line is better than your defensive line. We're going to bust you up with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. And we came in trying to be something different, maybe something that we're not. And yeah. then we lost Nick Chubb and we couldn't fall back on the previous identity. So now it's we're just kind of patching it together as we go. There's certainly some echoes between our two teams because we've had the same somewhat of a draw. We have been a really efficient t- team with two tight end sets. And you, to go to two tight end, you're not going to three wide. You know, that that's what you take. We're just, you're not spreading it out. And yet we got Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who's a slot wide receiver. And that specifically then is with the goal to go to more three wide receiver sets. And it has like you guys a little bit with us, I think, this year pulled us from us our pulled us from the identity and you end up trying to do everything, right? Rather than do something really good, you end up every, we're going to do this. We'll try to do a little bit of that. 
that. It will be a little bit of this. And it, it doesn't end up quite working. You need an identity. You need to kind of pick a lane of who you want to be and what you want to be. But it is harder once Chubb's out because he is really, I agree with you guys, the driver of that offense when uh, it's going. You've got to be as a focal point defense right on top of him. I just want to remind you guys, in Ohio, DraftKings is running a new promotion. You don't want to miss. New users can place a $5 first bet, instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is sign up with our code, the dogs, all one word. Using our code, the dogs get you these great bonuses, and it helps support our podcast. So if you have been considering signing up for DraftKings, and I highly encourage you to do so, make sure you use the code the dogs or scan the QR code on the screen to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly if you or a loved one as a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Uh, that was a hell of a Niner game. I got done watching today. That thing was an experience. I mean, the first quarter alone felt like a full quarter uh, watching that Browns game with the penalties, the chippiness. Uh, that was almost like a divisional game, uh, surprisingly. Yeah, I don't know if you guys were just getting up for it. My theory on this with the Colts thing is that you have this heated game the prior week. It, it goes end to end. It feels like two games in one. Then you come up to the Colts and you just kind of maybe let your foot off the gas just a bit. Is uh, I, is unfair? I think that there's some definite fairness to that. Um, at least defensively, we we made an identity of being able to just like miss tackles. That was like a thing with Joe Woods, like the philosophy of his defense. Browns fans lost their minds. They're like, man, there's so many missed tackles. There's a lot of missed tackles in that game, and I think that I don't want to say we came in cocky. I think it was just momentum was riding high. That was a huge win. Nobody gave us a chance in that game. I mean, national media. I had I had 49ers fans telling us it was a bye week for them heading into the game, which I mean that's I don't hey, I'm not like a huge you, yeah. You were ten you, I got to deal dogs. with it 24 seven, Justin. I got to deal with it 24 seven. I know, man. I know. I only know a few out here uh, in Ohio, but um, so you had that, um, and obviously, like our biggest thing too is going into this year. If you would have told us that. PJ Walker was going to be our like starting quarterback. I, I mean, I, as a Browns fan, I would have been like, oh my God, how many things have gone off the rails that this is where we're at. And we're at that point. I mean, I, I agree. Um, I don't, I don't think that the Colts are necessarily a bad team. I think um, their head coach has oh. like really, they've, they have a philosophy there and I, an identity that team, a team has uh, a lot of upside. I think they're still trying to work through some things, but um you can't deny I mean, they beat Baltimore. Either. They beat Baltimore. That I think they're they have a decent team. I don't yeah. think that you would have if you told me it was going to be a 39-38 game, I'd have been like, You're crazy. Um, <laughs> I never do that either. But, I would have um, taken the over on that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it was like 40 and a half. You know, they it was supposed to be like, you know, defensive people put us, you know, we're going to shut them down. It was Gardner Minshew, but um, Gardner Minshew just continues to do Gardner Minshew things, you know, that, the, you know, the mustache, magic. Man, the power it is. And, and the jorts, man, there's something about that guy. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm hoping that that's just a one-off um, this week. Just if you listen to the, like the players, like defensively, they're saying in press conferences, you know, like we kind of need to get back to basics. There's things that you can learn um, just off that film. And it's, a lot easier to learn when it's a win when you can take away a win out of a game um so that's that's just my opinion yeah how about you josh you feel the same way on that one last week just a little bit of a easy yeah it was uh, a big win. it definitely took me by surprise i was not expecting like you guys said the score to be what it was i was not expecting to get run all over the way we did it gave me more fear looking ahead to this week looking at Absolutely. a guy like kenneth walker and maybe you can give us a little update on the, the injury situation with him. I think, was he limited or something earlier this week? Yeah, I think it's really, uh, we've given the guy a gazillion carries really right. early on in the year. And so there's a little overuse thing. And then you're trying to think, okay, maximize the rest period, I think. If I was to really try to read between the lines on that one. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I was getting to. So, I mean, again, that kind of concerns me. But at the same time, I feel like, like Justin was saying, that's the type of game where the Browns would bounce back after and say, okay, we we got exposed a little bit last week. You saw it against the Ravens. When the ne next time the Browns defense took the field, it was clamped down, and they didn't give up anything to the 49ers after that first drive. So it'll be interesting to see what defense comes out on the field this week. I think the good news is that you're – 
you're relatively clean, healthy wise over there. That's always a big harbinger of success for that. And you do you do have a legitimate defense. I don't think that the, you know some people like started to get I think a little overstayed early on. Where it's like, is it one of the best? But it's one of the best defenses in the NFL. It does so by doing a multitude of things really well. What stood out to me with the Niners game that I love that you guys did that I've been squawking about here for the past year with Purdy, which is man coverage and bring some blitz concepts up there and get him uncomfortable. And that's what you guys did in that game. You took it to him rather than just sitting back in soft zone coverages, allowing yourself to get picked in part by the dink and dunk king. And uh, that's where you you guys scare me on this. You got the corners on the outside with Newsom and Denzel Ward that can hold up out there, and you can trust the interior then of your front seven to, to lock it down. You can bring an eighth man in the box and help to stop that run game if you need at that point because you can trust those corners on the outside. I will say, you got DK this week, which teams don't typically like to single up him on the outside with corners, especially off of a press look like you guys typically tend to run on the tape. So that would be the one, you know, worry here is you bring up to try to stop the run. You're going to leave us a man situation on the outside with DK. And that's just that will be troublesome, I think, if it does go down that way. But your defense is legitimate and I'm worried to death. I think the guy right now who's the defensive player of the year front runner and by a wide margin is Miles Garrett as it stands right now. He is having he's always has a great years, but he's maybe yeah. been having a little bit better than even he's been mm-hmm. prior. Is that fair? Oh, he's a freak. He's an absolute freak. I, I keep telling people I'm like, he's not human. And, yeah. <laughs> and we've we've been somewhat critical um of him. Um just over the years. We all sometimes we felt like maybe, you know, he took plays off or but this year I feel like just with what Jim Schwartz has brought in, um, just the philosophy. And then they bring in Zadarius Smith, who is another just stud. They rotate Oboe in with those guys. And I think it just it's so much pressure off of Miles. He gets to just He's not just lining up and on the edge and just coming in. They're moving around, rotating him. And to your point, um, with the corners, man, they finally did some man. And Denzel Ward and Newsom are great, but we have this kid, Martin Emerson Jr., who also is a yes. stud. Um, and is kind of he kind of came into his own last year. He had a game where he locked up Mike Evans. And um I I'm it's it's usually one or the other. Either we have, you know, a nice secondary, but the defensive line is garbage and we can't get any pressure. So the guys are just have all the time in the world to finally get open. I think you see everything's kind of come together defensively. And then JOK in the middle um, Mm. for us is uh, it is uh, it's very fun defense to watch. I'm, I'm not a huge defensive guy. This team is so fun to watch on defense. Um, It's been waiting my whole life for it. Oh, it's, it is. And we're getting ours defense started around in shape, too. It's, it's a fun brand of football to watch when you play yes. physical fast and you just avalanche the offense. JOK is an interesting case study, of course, coming out of Notre Dame, being a guy that was at 220-ish. And, and people mm-hmm. were going, well, how's this going to work in the NFL? But then there's the people going, wait, no, it's the evolution of the game. The evolution yeah. of the game is these linebackers are going to have to get lighter because they're going to have to start being able to cover in space. They're going to have to all truly be sideline to sideline kind of players. And that was the worry with him is how do you do that? And props to the Browns for being a bit trendsetters on this one with that linebacker position. Because if you go to watch the combine now every year, 225 is becoming a lot more of a common mm-hmm. uh, common weight. You're seeing these guys. Everything's about getting as faster, faster, and lighter a little bit with it. Um, and he's made it work. And he flashes all over the tape. Um, you know, when you watch him play, I think he's an outstanding all-around guy. Blitzer, tackler, and in, still sensational in coverage, which was kind of his, his, his thing, right? Coming out, that was the mm-hmm. thing that he'd lean mm-hmm. his hat on and then maybe bring up the other attributes as he went along. But uh, is he he's maybe on even like a Pro Bowl kind of year? Is that fair to say right now and how he's played so far? I think it's fair. Yeah. I mean, and I, Joshua, yeah. I think and I'll tell you this, it freaks me out when the Miles Garrett does the thing where he goes over the A gap right over the top of the center and then he starts doing the basketball move oh, prior crazy. to the snap. <laughs> so and then he crosses the center over. That's not that's not funny and that's not very fair, guys, okay? I don't I don't about <laughs> trying to get the tush push like outlawed, but that's that we yeah. gotta, come on. That's we not, like it. We like it. I don't know if, uh, you know, AFC North, I don't know if Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengal fans enjoy it, but uh, we like it. You're standing in the corner like, watching him do that. He's five yards away from you. Watch him like, oh, no, he's about to do something. Like, double, double, double him. They had uh, the Titans had, what was it, two tight ends two actually tight ends following him in motion forth, across yeah. the line, just trying to and he get knew. a little bit he's, of relief for Tannehill. Yeah. IQ wise, he knew they, 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 could, they couldn't have two guys, you know, rotating back and forth. So he basically just, force them to use a panel, you know, <laughs> use a timeout. And two guys doesn't work. Usually you can lean into two guys work and that will mainly, sh- even a dominant guy who will still get his moments will mainly mm-hmm. shut him down. But let's t- take a case in point last week against the Colts down there by the end zone. He's coming off the edge, whoops the tackles, butt, 
then whoops the tight end's butt. They don't get any combination block on him because he's too quick to the edge for the combination block to arrive. And then he's right past and sacking Minshew in the end zone, I think, at that point, or causing some mayhem at that point. But you're just like, what do you do? I can't double him? I can't even double him? And there's... There's a play from probably, I want to say it was two or three years ago against Baltimore where he basically gets triple teamed and he beats all three of them and sacks Lamar. And it's yeah. just a it's, <laughs> it's insane. He's he's not human. Build the statue, Cleveland. We're, it's okay to do that at this point. Uh, amen. And there isn't a lot of, I think right now in the NFL, a lot of true just full game records. There's some really good defensive players. There's some yes. truly like phenomenal guys. But Full-on game wrecker is uh, what what Garrett is, and I you've got to give the Browns. This is where I like your Browns organization. A lot of the decision making they do do. I know the fans are having some problems, but getting Zadaria Smith, you know, finding a depressed asset out there in the market who's a guy who can still play and who provides what you need here with Garrett, which is a vital pass rusher coming from the other edge. Otherwise, everything does become double and triple teams, and they don't have to worry the least bit off the other side of things. And he provides you. I know he's only one sack on the year, but he seems like he's getting his pressures. He's getting his hits still, and uh, that's. I mean, you kind of need that as much to make Garrett go, right? That other guy out there. I absolutely, completely agree. Well, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the big the big issue in the room, Josh. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this to open up. Oh boy, <clears throat> Deshaun Watson. Oh, I didn't know you were going there. <laughs> I'm going to Sean. We got to know. Eventually, people are going to want to cover this. <laughs> no, so let's right. let's talk about this a little bit, Josh. Uh, where are we with this Deshaun? Is the fan base bailing? Uh, is it still like we can we can reclamate this? You salvage this? Give me the give me the heart ball, heartbeat on the dogs on this one. I mean, it's kind of like the Stefanski thing. The fan base is definitely split. They were split from day one. There was a lot of the fan base that didn't. First of all, a lot of Browns fans put a lot of stock in the first round picks. We try to point out all the time that first round picks don't normally work out for the Browns, so it's okay to use those picks on proven players. At that point in time, Deshaun Watson was a proven player. To this point, uh, we talked about it on our show earlier this week. The the main concern is that he's been a Brown for 23. This will be 24 games now this week, and he's only played nine of them. So that's, you know, with the suspension, the injury, fans are starting to lose their patience. And I get it. I get the frustration as a fan. You Most fans just see what's on the field, right? They, they watch on Sunday. They see what's on the field or what's not on the field. And then they go about their week just complaining and whatever. He's hurt. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. The guy is hurt. Uh, the last time he played a full game for the Browns, he absolutely lit up the Titans. He was damn near perfect. Uh, he had, you know, what, 289 and three. Should have had probably 325 and three touchdowns because they took the one away from Amari on the sideline. I mean, what you saw out of those five throws against the Colts, Deshaun Watson's not healthy. His shoulder's not right. And he just, he cannot play quarterback right now it's it sucks it that's just it, that's where we're at is there any threat that this goes to something deeper is this a surgery thing is this an ir for the season thing or is this something that he absolutely will be coming back this year at some point from? man i'll just i'll say my piece <laughs> and i'll let justin chime in if you want to okay. buddy but you know when this all started right after the titans game going into the ravens game it was oh it was like a shoulder strain you know it's a little you know taking a little bit of time to practice off, but he'll be okay game day came he's not playing it's like, okay, that's weird because all signs indicated he was going to. We weren't even concerned about it. And then as the weeks progress, you know, out through the bye, he's still not ready. It's like, what's going on? Then you start hearing stuff about it's a it's a tear of the rotator cuff and all these kinds of different things that keep compounding. And I do worry that there's more to it. Now, it very well could be, you know, he, he sits out for the next couple games, comes back, and he's perfectly fine. But Man, the trend so far has definitely been concerning for me. But what do you think, Justin? No, I'm I um I think just there's a lot of confusion. I think that's the best the best yes. way to say it. And the fan base, the fan base wants to know what's going on. And Blake, one of our hosts, he he is very adamant that, you know, as an organization, there's not a lot of info coming out. And he thinks that's a good thing, which it it is, you know what I mean? But um it's it's tough to say I, when we did the trade i loved it because i'm like oh, man we got our franchise quarterback we've been waiting for one of these my entire life i'm 37 and you know bernie <laughs> bernie to me is the one guy you know That's i was true. born yeah when the year born uh bernie's you know was balling out so like for me i'm like 
oh, we finally got our guy. And then, you know, it's just been a lot of ups and downs and probably more down than up. But <laughs> if you ask the fan base, the fan base is saying he's, you know, he's just taking the money. He's not working for it anymore. We gave him too much guaranteed money, which I think is just crap. Honestly, I think the guy is necessary. I think he really is hurt. And yeah. if you look at, if you watch the Colts game, he didn't look, he didn't look good. And then whether he was hurt or, you know, he's, he comes back and he looks okay. And then he's out for games again. I think just we, is it rust? Is it an injury? I don't know, but I think just there, there has to be some patience here. The guy, when, when he's at the podium, he's talking today and he's, he's saying all the right things as far as like, I want to be there. I worked, I worked my butt off basically. He didn't say that, but worked my butt off for two years, you know, to get after these two years to get back into the league. Um, I just think that we are just we just don't have patience. We just yeah, right. I would love for the guy to just get healthy. And the thing that's crazy to me is we have a team that we're quarterback, good, competent quarterback play away from really making some things interesting for this city and a city that desperately just wants a winner. I, everybody, everybody loves, the, you know, the Guardians, Indians and the Cavs. But the, the heartbeat of this city, as far as sports franchises, the Cleveland Browns, it always has been that. Um, yeah. They just they just want a winner. That's all it is. That's all it comes down to. And uh, to me, uh, you hear fans talking about you know we just need to start PJ Walker the rest of the year. I'm telling you, I've, I've watched him. I watched <laughs> him live and against this, the 49ers. He did just enough to get us by, but wasn't a lot of getting by. And then you saw, and even in this past game, there there's mistakes. It, there's things that he can't do that a healthy Deshaun Watson can do. And we're paying him 230 million dollars for a yeah. reason. And yeah. I will say PJ Walker's what concerns me going against the Seahawks. Absolutely. I I strongly feel that the Browns, you know, the Browns have won the last two games with him at quarterback, and it was nothing that he did extraordinary <laughs> to get those wins. He yeah. did just enough, you know, hand the ball off, make a couple throws, make just few enough mistakes. It's not like he didn't make any. He's made tons of mistakes. A couple interceptions get called back, thank God. A fumble gets called back. I that mean, one was guy, dodgy. That one looked. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I don't know. That doesn't throw to me because I was screaming like that's game. You know, he just fumbled the game away, and you know, yeah. it gets called back. But I mean, he's he is definitely turnover prone. He's mistake prone. He's a practice squad quarterback. I mean, that's what you're going to get. So, yeah, I think that we're definitely uh, we're getting lucky winning these yeah. close games with him at quarterback. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks, Browns fans. Fall is in the air, and that means we're looking forward to more of these crisp mornings, falling leaves, and sweater weather. But more importantly, it's the perfect time for fall grilling, tailgating, and cozy comfort food. And let's go back to that tailgating. And there's no better way, no better food to celebrate with at your tailgates and fall cookouts than Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks has all your fall cravings covered with 50% off site-wide during their semi-annual sale. That's 50% off all of your favorite tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like their Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get an extra $30 off your order. With Omaha Steaks, these possibilities are endless. You get endless flavor, endless value on incredible entrees, scrumptious sides, decadent desserts, and so much more. All of them 50% off during the semi-annual sale, and every bite is backed by Omaha Steaks 100% unconditional guarantee. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Shop all of your delicious favorites for half the price. Don't forget to enter that promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out and get an extra $30 off your order. Hurry up. This sale is only for a limited time. Minimum purchase may apply. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Well, certainly, too, when you have that defense, you can lean on that. I mean, I know they gave it the points this one the past week, but there were some big plays they were making, too, in that Colts game, it mm-hmm. seemed like, on top of it, doing some of their share. And, uh, yeah, I think I feel the same way about P.J. We've had some history in the past of having backup quarterbacks come in and give us problems. It tends to be the cerebral, overachiever, powder puff arm types, you know, that will try to dink and dunk you to death, whereas Walker's more of, to me, the mobile type, good, strong arm, 
not necessarily the most accurate of arms. Um, fair way of putting it on PJ. Oh, is that a, yes. I guess, but I mean, the mobile thing, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he has a rushing yard yet. Oh, geez. Okay. I was. I, mean, I, I might be mistaken, but uh, I was going down to that fourth down um, where he had the fourth down on the Niners, and he did a little spit out on the on trying to do the sneak plays. I was like, oh, he's got a little athleticism. He had a couple moments of athleticism so <laughs> in the game, but now that I think about it, he wasn't actually running the ball, you know, at all. So, um, but that was kind of like what we had. You had Dobbs. We played Dobbs last week. The Cardinals, your former guy out there, kind of mm-hmm. similar quarterbacks a little bit in in what they try to do. It seems like right. Is it going to be a lot of like read option? stuff or is he going to they're going to do they let Stefanski have him just run the full totality of the offense and try to make it go I don't know what they're going to do with uh, <laughs> that's I mean, we, the, the problem is we don't have our normal running back now like I mean you know I don't know how they're going to handle because Kareem Hunt doesn't do what um, Jerome Ford does they're two completely different backs and we don't really know a whole lot about Pierre Strong he's gotten very very limited opportunities at this point they didn't really bring anybody else in to you know fortify that position this week so we'll see it might be a lot of ground and pound with cream hunt honestly just battering ram and then see what we can if we can wear you down yeah i'd be great sorry go ahead josh oh he's just cream hunts even battered up he's basically playing on one leg right now so we don't even know for sure if going in i mean we don't even know they're saying he's gonna play but he practiced today but yeah i mean that's at least a relief but we cut uh deon jackson you know what Monday? So before the Ford news even really came out, so I don't know. It's just it's super. <laughs> it's very unsettling. Very unsettling heading into the week because you guys have a good team. I, I know. Yeah. National media says that you guys are kind of up and down. I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of a lot of the players that you guys have. You guys have some great great players, especially. There's a few. There's very nice offensive weapons, but man, you guys have some nice players on defense too. It's coming along for us. Well, we we were definitely feeling good. It is technically year two of a rebuild. I mean, we turned the roster over in that year of the Russell and and all of that. We you know cut out dead money. We went fifty seven million dollars over the books that year. It was it was where we like, and we still got to the playoffs last year. But I think that's yeah. a testament to there being the good players we do have in place there. And uh, our success this year and our hope for this year of coming together, as you guys have your hope for this, maybe Watson can. From what I'm getting from you guys, your best, um, your best. Cleveland Browns team this year in both of your eyes is to him getting healthier, him coming back, and then there's a chance, especially if this defense can maintain its kind of performance. That's sort of your pathway. Ours is, can the young talent develop so early on? Texas takes to tend to these guys, need a little bit of time. You've turned the roster over the last two years. Can your rookies and these guys provide that kind of impact enough this fast for you to send that quickly? You know, because I've got a theory on this, that teams find themselves in four different places in the NFL, and it's either rebuild, ascent, in between, which is the worst place in the world to be as an NFL franchise, and you and Cleveland do have been in this spot because it's like being in the mm-hmm. river with the whirlpool. You're just spinning in place and not actually progressing. And then elite. And you got to determine which you might find yourself on because it informs you on whether to make, for instance, trade deadline deals like both of our teams are having to decide. Sure right. would like to see your team go out there and kick the tires on Henry or Cook out there with the New York Jets who's reportedly mm-hmm. on the market. I mean, that's it would be rather than just sitting pat, you guys got a good team right now, good record, you know, I Go make a move there because that's the one thing that can help out a Walker or Watson too is making sure the ground game can stay stabilized. And, and I heard Chubb was going to maybe be able to come back, but he's done for the year. It's it's I, yeah, not this year. Yeah, I don't I don't think he he still has to have a, a second surgery to repair his ACL. So we're I think that's still if lucky. Last I heard, the timeline is hopefully April May. Okay. Things should be better, but I yeah, he's unfortunately that's it for him for this year. Yeah, and certainly some of this is instructed, of course, by if they know behind the scenes the Watson injury is much more serious, that becomes is what it is. And then unfortunate for Stavansky, right? Because if it goes down bad this year, you don't have the quarterback playing. What I'm hearing from you guys, the fan base will be like out of town. Oh, absolutely. I honestly, I think if if he doesn't have a winning record this year, we said going into this year, if he didn't finish with a winning record with all these pieces in place, and uh, we always thought the defense was going to be nice. I don't think we ever thought. <laughs> That it was going to be this good, um, uh, we we said if he doesn't go over five hundred, the fan base that you know there somebody's going to have to pay the pay the deal for this, and it'll be him. But, but that was also with Deshaun Watson that you know projecting Correct. him as the quarterback with PJ yeah. Walker. If he doesn't go five hundred, then it's like, well, he had PJ Walker. You know, that's I, what I'm saying. It, it gets very very dicey as the yeah. season progresses, and as far as them 
maybe something behind the scenes being worse with Watson than what they're saying. They've net they have not placed him on IR. So to me, that says that they honestly do believe that he's going to be available. It's just a matter of it's it's taking longer than they originally thought. Yeah. But you know, like a guy like Anthony Richardson, as soon as he hurt his shoulder, they put him on IR, and then it was. Oh, now we decided to do surgery. So I don't think it's to that level where Deshaun is considering surgery at the moment. I really do just what I've been reading from physical therapists and doctors and things, you know, depending on the severity of the, the tears in the rotator cuff. I mean, some guys can come back in a couple weeks. Some guys, it takes a little longer, but I, I just feel like it's such a up in the air injury that they just got to play the waiting game. And unfortunately, so do we. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way of putting it. And um, I, it, it's good that he hasn't gotten the surgery because like you said, Anthony Richardson, they did that turnaround quick on that determination. There wasn't a couple of weeks of like sitting around going, are we, is it going to go or not? But you do feel bad for Stefanski if it goes that way. It's hard to have a good coach and it, you don't want to ever have the situation where you have a good coach who then has some situation that completely impacts kind of his during timeline there. I mean, even look at the Watson trade. We can talk about the off-field stuff, but on-field stuff, if you hadn't gone Watson, who was going to be the other quarterback that you would have gone through this time period to get at this point in time that would have been a significant upgrade? It hasn't exactly been stacked class of quarterbacks coming out the last few years. I mean, this class looks better, but you guys kind of had to make the they all you had to make the best decision in the storm that there was there to make, didn't you? A bit. I mean, I, I know let's let's remove the off the field stuff, just on the field, Watson and what he was with the Texans. I mean, it was kind of the right move to make in the grand scheme of things, especially knowing how good the team that you have put together is and how well you guys are playing, absent the quarterback position being healthy. Completely agree. I, I think the team made a decision as far as they thought Baker Mayfield wasn't going to be good enough to take them to the places that they wanted to go. And they made that decision. And I mean, as a fan base now, we're we're living through that live. But at the time, it looked like an absolute home run move. You know, we we thought, oh, wow, we're bringing in Deshaun Watson. This kid's a stud. I mean, he, he's been a winner at every level. What yeah. are, what are we going to, we can't complain about this. They're making a move. We've wanted them to do this forever. We finally are making that move. And then, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, God hates Cleveland. So it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, quarter, quarterback's such a, such a difficult, but just interesting position. Cause like you said, you know, as far as quarterbacks coming out of college, well, if you don't have a top five pick, your chances of even having a shot at drafting one of the, you know, top-ranked quarterbacks coming out of college is next to none. Not everybody can draft a Jalen Hurts in the second round or get lucky with a Russell Wilson like Seattle did years ago. So you really got to take your shot when the opportunity presents itself. And with Watson, the opportunity came up and the Browns went hard after it. And I don't fault them for that. And I don't think I ever will because it's easy to look back on a decision and say it was a stupid decision, but you got to understand why it was made, like you said, in the moment. And in the moment, I think it was the absolute right decision. It was the best move for the team gave us the best shot at being a competitive football team, especially in our division with Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. We don't really care about Kenny Pickett, but the Steelers always win anyway. Baby hands? So, yeah, yeah, baby hands. So, you know, it's a, it's a, such a tough division. And to compete, you got to have an edge at that position. And that's what the Browns were trying to go get. Yeah, I'm still in support of it too. I, absent the off, I don't like to get into off-field stuff. I'm not into that stuff going down that lane. But as far as the player he was at Texans and what he was doing to the Texans at times when that line wasn't all that well, didn't have always the playmakers absent a DeAndre Hopkins out on the outside at the end there and still getting it done, still was performing really well out there. So I think there's hope for you guys on that. Um, too, if I can give you a little crack because I do some scouting already up ahead of time for this draft and coming up. To give you guys maybe a little bit of a light on this one as far as to not, if something's chronically ill with that shoulder on Watson, this draft, part of getting the Wilsons or the Hurts in the second round is the depth of the draft in the second, third, and fourth round have to have the quarterbacks there that are worthy of being drafted in that range. In the past couple of years of the draft, it's just been a, you've had a couple guys, it's been a big drop off. There's going to be about, I think, about 10 to 12 guys from the second to fourth round in this draft, quarterback position taken, so that maybe you can go get that insurance without having to give up a lot to have that insurance for Watson going forward, so that if it does pop up, you guys will be A-OK on that. This is a weird draft where that's really the talent pool of the quarterbacks, your Bo Nixes, Quinn Ewers, Cam Wards, you can go down the line, Spencer Rattlers, big chunk right in that range, I think, of where they'll be picked, so... Maybe an, an alternative path there for you guys. I mean, the Browns, I thought they were trying that this year when they took Dorian Thompson Robinson in the, was it? What the, happened there? I, I didn't ask you about that. Why isn't he out running? Just too young? Not ready? I think that's it, Justin. I think it just, just yeah, just, I, um, I was up at the Baltimore game and I just think it was too much too soon. Um, he looked great in preseason. A lot of, 
a lot of quarterbacks do. And then, you know, when you're facing a real deal Baltimore Ravens defense, <laughs> it gets real just, quick. Tr- well, yeah, I just, it, it just, I think it was the lights were a little bit too big. He didn't really see the field well. Um, and I just, just, that's just, yeah. just what, how I feel about it. And I, I don't think he's a bust. Say yeah. the preseason game where he sh- finally showed, uh, where he was not outstanding on the field was when the Chiefs had some of their starters up against him and he didn't look so good. And it was like, mm. ooh, okay, he's looked good so far this preseason. Now he's got some better competition and not so much. So I guess we kind of could have seen that coming. Yeah. I mean, he did have a good amount of play time out there at UCLA. He got a lot of run. And you hope those yeah. guys, if they've had a good amount of games played, that maybe they'll be a little closer to being ready once they go. I like him, though, like you guys did. There wasn't a lot in this last draft in that area where he was taken onwards that I liked. It was a lot of guys you go, mm, now Stenson Bennett, no, right? no, no, no. But he was a guy that actually liked, had mobility and the arm strength and could be pretty accurate at times in his throws. We've watched a lot of him because we had this a Bobo kid that we brought in. So I watched a lot mm-hmm. of tape on UCLA with him and, uh, He'll still, I think, potentially got some... He's got a legit NFL arm. He can make the throws, I think. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see how they go with that with your guys. Um, Ski Nation, I'm probably behind on a couple of donos here. So, let me see if I catch up here if we are back. Uh, Ski Nation, thank you for the $10 donations. It was awesome watching the Browns knock the 49ers' teeth out and sending them on a losing streak. Beat their starters out of submission. Hard not to root for an underdog squad. Good luck on Sunday. Indeed. We we enjoyed it, too. Appreciate that. We, it was very fun for us. We The only sad part, we lost the same day to the Bengals, unfortunately, but uh, at least our game was close. We were on the road. We could feel like five to, to see them go down like that. And, you know, you don't want to see anybody have injuries or anything like that happen. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes stuff happens. So It's football. It's football. That's exactly right. So um, thank you, Ski Nation, for the $10 donation. And, uh, yeah, like I was saying earlier, man, the Browns were doing the Lord's good work. You guys sent them on a, you sent them on a crash course, man. Now they got to take on the Bengals this week. At home with uh, down still a couple of guys, and it might be three in a row at this point with those guys. So thank you guys, appreciate me. No matter what happens this weekend, you guys have done us some good, good work and good help this week <laughs> uh, on what you provided. Um, I guess I've definitely asked you guys a couple of questions. You have anything back on my side of it? I do have a couple other things I do want to still talk to you guys about, though, on uh, especially on that defensive side of the ball. I, I got a, I got one. Uh, just a guy that I wanted to bring up um, with you, Devin Witherspoon. I, I mean, is he is he really really that good? Because when you watch his tape, he seems like he's very very physical, very hard hitting, um, kind of a lockdown guy. You you guys have done extremely well in the draft, um, kind of hitting these guys. Is he? He seems like the real deal, man. I'm, he might. Uh, there's a another 21 that's going to be playing this weekend, Denzel Ward. This kid. That those are two very very good corners. I just wanted your opinion on uh, on him because he looks like a guy that can cause PJ Walker some problems. Indeed, he is. Uh, it was a it was a controversial pick at the time, not because I, it was just people had so much of an affinity for Jalen Carter that you, it was hard to get people on board. He's 5'11", 190. Fit what what, what? Uh, at the fifth pick in the draft? How's that going to work? Uh, he's not going to be able to be impactful. He's not going to be able to be good. And well, I've always been pretty, I didn't know he's going to be this good. I mean, he's the top rated corner by PFF right now in the sport as a rookie. That's pretty phenomenal. Um, I didn't see that, but I did have enough people reaching out to me. I've got a variety of guys, former players, people that I've talked to. Um, I had one buddy in particular that you know, played college ball at safety who was just enamored with the kid from the jump. So this is the guy. And there, if you listen to a lot of the pros, your Rondé Barbers, your former corners that had played this sport, talking about the kid through the pre-draft process they were all completely over the moon on him and it was not it wasn't something they were touching on which is speed it's a stickiness and coverage it was that sort of je ne sais quoi you know there's something about him there's some kind of thing here that i can't exactly pinpoint that he's got to his game and indeed that's what we have seen um he's the complete corner and i'm not trying to overstate him i mean i, I love trick woolen seatley's in season last year one of the best rookie mm-hmm. years we've ever had he's a cover corner who's going to get you interceptions and tackling's not necessarily his super big bag Witherspoon is the complete meal deal. I mean, he can play uh, zone, man. He can play in the nickel or outside and play them both equally well. Who, I mean, if you guys, who's cornerback do you guys know that does that in this sport right now? Both positions can play both well if you ask him to move inside and outside. And we do. We flex him out early downs on on base where you have two cornerbacks on the field. So he's out there. You go to you go to the three wide the nickel. He comes into the slot and now he's your slot guy. He's a great blitzer. He's a phenomenal tackler. He was the best tackler in the draft of the cornerback position coming out by far. 
and he can lay the wood on top of it. And he's got ball skills, had his second interception taken away this last week that shouldn't, you know, it was a kind of a crappy call in the play, but he has been, I'm not trying to go too over the moon and be too homer on this, but he has been absolutely just outstanding. And I think that PFF grades well-earned it's, there's no weakness to his game as it stands right now. At that all. hit he had uh, had on Rondell Moore. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That would make like people that. wonder. Yeah. And that's, and that's, he's laid four, like not as hard as that, but there's been four yeah. legitimate hits that have been very close to that just in the early part of this year that he's played so far. And again, coming from college, I don't know if you guys remember, it was that famous clip of him in college where he jumped a screen route and just obliterated a guy. And mm-hmm. it, that's, he's got that. I know it doesn't make sense because you go 5'11, 190. That's yeah. what, and maybe he'll only go last five years throwing himself around like that, but he chooses his spots. He's a clean hitter too, where he's not going out and head hunting. He'll get his head out of the tackle and it's all shoulder, but he's violent. And um, he's provided a little bit of a tone setting to this defense, both him and Jamal coming back have been really in the last three games would have kind of brought everything to great. I, I, I sort of reference it like, you know, the dude in the great Lebowski talking about his rug, you know, it really brings the room together. You know, it's mm-hmm. these guys coming here have brought the defense together. We were already doing good stop in the run, but them coming into the fold has been allowing us to now kind of put the clamps down on the opposition and the passing offenses. And it's now allowed this defense to really start to ascend. I don't know where it's going or, I mean, this was a league worst defense last year that I was hoping to get to kind of middle of the road state Seems like it might have some more top into it now than originally thought, but uh, it's definitely progressed. It's you feel it going up and up and up a little bit at its current trajectory. God willing that the uh, health stays on point. You know, he's a stud. I mean, he is a stud. He's great. He is. I, I've never seen anything like a corner come in like this and just have this. I mean, he missed almost. He missed the first week of training camp. He missed most of training camp with a hamstring injury. It's not like he's you know he's just like starting to get going. Missed the first game of the year, and but he's had that kind of impact where just you see him all over the place on the football field, and it's exciting. You guys are seeing defense play. It's it's fun having a team. You want your offense being functional. It sucks when the defense is carrying it and it's just like three and outville on the offense, and you're like, man, the defense can't hold up forever like this. Boys, come on. Mm. Get something done. Just give me a freaking drive, you know. Give me move some chains here. But uh, they've been really, they've been really, really, really good, and they're getting better and better. And they right now are currently the strength of the team. But a big part of that is our offense, of course, has had. You guys had one offensive line injury. We have not had all five of our starting offensive linemen since yeah. the first two quarters of the start of this football season, and not just down one, but minimum three fifths of our line down, if not four fifths, five fifths of our line. So that's really kind of for us held back our offense. Um, another here donation. Sorry, let me get this. Uh, Hunter Biden's crack pipe. Thank you for the five dollar <laughs> oh, donation. Man. <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, don't hey, trust me. You're not the first one that's uh, that's brought this up. Uh, it's okay. Uh, I was gonna oh. uh, thank you, Hunter. Uh, I was gonna make a Deshaun Watson's joke, but I don't want to rub it in. Oh, yeah. Lord, here we go. Hey, I mean, you guys, knew good. Was coming. It's good. I'll tell you what, people are very original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you guys are about over those jokes. At this we point. haven't heard it's many like, of them. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Or tell me another one, please. You know? <laughs> please. Um, I want to talk to you guys a little bit, if we could, on on your guys' side of it. Um, and thank you for hanging in with me. I know we got in 42 minutes here, but I appreciate you guys. And uh, uh, just a final couple, last couple, little question here is uh, secondary-wise, just kind of wrap this up on it. Uh, how, Grant Delpit's rounded in shape really well. Juan Thornhill, yes. how's his been addition been? Is the secondary, you know, I know we mentioned the corners, but then mm-hmm. kind of more expanding out into that. Are they doing their job out there from the safety position, holding it down? Man, Grant, Grant Delpit, you, we talked about JOK having some sort of Pro Bowl season. Grant Delpit has been... You know, we, we've seen flashes over the years since we drafted him. I know he missed that first season when he was a rookie. And then last year, there were moments and games at times where we, we watched and said, man, this guy could be something really special. And now this year under Jim Schwartz, it's it's all coming together. Yeah. he's uh, he, he had that injury coming out of LSU, if I'm not mistaken. So it probably just took him a little bit of time, like an Achilles or something, right? Where he had to need a little extra time to probably get right. And Thornhill, is he, uh, has he been a good free agent signing for you? Uh, he has moments. He, if I could like sum up Thornhill attitude wise, like I think locker room, I think he's a great acquisition. I think he brings a winner's mentality. He's a guy that, you know, he's a two time Super Bowl champ. He, I think he's kind of teaching some of the younger guys what it takes, you know, to be a winner. Cause 
we've only really Jarvis Landry was that guy for us in the locker room for years. He was the guy that was like, Hey, we don't have to be losers. We can, that's not acceptable anymore. And I think he's kind of taken on a little bit of that role. He's kind of um, like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Like he'll, I feel like he has some great moments, but then, you know, he has an arm tackle and the guy gets another 10 yards. So I, it's, I don't know. Uh, I, I, we'd rather have him in there. I just, that's where I'm at with it. Veteran presence, man, can help the young locker room out quite a bit. We've gotten the the fruits of that with Bobby Wagner return back this year with our young team. And you need those guys in there beyond what they're just doing for you on the field, but also what they're doing behind the scenes in the locker room, getting the team ready to roll. So uh, it looks like on tape, I didn't get to do an expansive drop on you guys as much as like checking out every one of your guys' game, but a couple of games I watched, seems like that secondary is flying around, really doing their yeah. part and helping marry the front seven to the back end really, really well. And uh, part of why I think your defense is going to play really well throughout this year. Uh, I want to thank you guys for hanging in here with me for 45 minutes on this, Josh and Justin. My friends out here in the Hawks Nest, do me this favor, please. Uh, down in the description section, you can find it. It's the Dog Podcast here on YouTube. So you can click that link, go right to their channel, sub right up, or you can search. Uh, but do please uh, sub up to these guys. Show them the love for coming out here on the Hawks Nest. Uh, as we do, I want to appreciate you guys coming out. Thank you so much for taking time away. I know how busy you are on this. So uh, thank you for doing it. And uh just uh, I hope it's a great game this week. No injuries and, you know, let the best let the best team win. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having us on, Brandon. And, and best of luck uh, this season after Sunday. You guys as well. There's those there's those organ. Hey, I got that, too. Uh, hey, I know how that goes. But hey, best of luck to you guys, too. And in a real way that like was intimated about in my chat here, you know, you guys are in, not just underdog franchise, but there's, there's nobody that's rooting for the Browns not to, to succeed or do well. You guys have had a lot of years of struggling as a fan base going through a lot of years with your heart torn out and uh you you do hopefully you do hope as a fan that's not as like rooting for you guys but just in general that you know hey a year where they get to come up a bit when a couple years where they get to come up for a while you know that'd be nice it'd be cool to see them have some success and reward that fan base who's been very loyal and should never have had the uh team stolen from you guys in the first place back oh. many years ago we just want to thank Brandon once again for having us over on the Hawks Nest YouTube channel. Again, if you want to subscribe to his channel, show them some love out there in Seattle. He's doing a great job on his channel, providing content, really, really good content for all the Seahawks fans and just football fans in general. And his uh, the YouTube channel link and everything's down in the description. Go check him out. It's going to be a dogfight, guys, on Sunday against the Seahawks. It's a tough team. We're both 4-2. and two. We're both fighting for playoff positioning. And, you know, I know this season is early, but every win you can get now is going to go a long way, especially whenever we're competing in the type of division that we're in and with the deficiencies that unfortunately we have via injuries on our offense. It's not a whole lot we can do with that at the moment. Trade deadline's coming up. Stay tuned for all that stuff. Check out DF's episode from the other day talking about potential trade deadline targets, rumors, all those things. Really good stuff. Love this, the work that he does for this channel. And, you know, if you guys have not yet joined the Discord, join the dogs.com before Sunday, get into the Discord, hang out with us during the game, see if you like it, do the free trial. If you don't like it, you don't have to stay. But if you do like it, it's a good way to get a great taste of how things go on Sundays in the Discord with everybody. Awesome diehard Browns fans, excellent community, great people, and some great friendships developed in there. So check it out, join the dogs.com. And until we talk to you guys on a hopefully third victory Monday in a row. Let's go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of the dogs podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the dogs podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at the dogs podcast.com.